Hi, this is a Seattle Mama Doc podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel good enough. I'm here today to talk a little bit of an update on food allergies and specifically food allergies in parents or in adulthood. I think so many of us have heard about the troubling and concerning rise of food allergies in children. And just as a conflict and a a mention, I function as the chief medical officer for a company working at preventing food allergies called Spoonful One. I'm not going to be talking about that solution, but I've spent a lot of the last year and a half of my life learning about the challenges and suffering that goes on for families with food allergies and thinking really critically around why have these food allergies developed and what can we do about them. So as you've probably heard and you know from your life experience, so many children now suffer from food allergies in our communities. And many of them will start in young children, which is, of course, really scary for parents and families. About 6 million children in the United States have a food allergy thought to be IgE-mediated, meaning it's an immune response of your immune system kind of getting triggering and overreacting to a food particle that otherwise they should think of as benign, but the immune system gets triggered the wrong way and can cause a reaction called anaphylaxis, something you've probably heard that involves certainly in older people, um, shutdown of the cardiorespiratory system and sometimes the airway. But in young children, for example, on first food introduction, most kids, and this has been proven and reaffirmed in the last year in data that's come out of Northwestern, but most data really shows that kids under two, for example, when they try a food that they're allergic to, typically just get hives or they vomit. But that being said, 8% of the U.S. population of children right now going to school has a food allergy. That makes about two kids in every classroom. So it's a big deal. And we know that what we have to think about really carefully is what is it? You know, there's been a doubling in many foods and a tripling in some foods in each of the last decades in the number of children coming down with food allergies. So I'm 44. When I was growing up, we didn't have peanut-free tables or allergy-free schools, and we didn't have the number of children. So we know there's something different, and we can't blame genetics on it alone. In fact, two-thirds of children who have a food allergy don't have a parent with one at all. So we know there's something about the maybe the detergents, the change and shifting of what we did as pediatricians by saying, don't eat those potential allergic foods early in life, which we're now saying, eat them early. We know from a very um, publicized study called the LEAP study that looked at early introduction of peanuts in higher risk kids with a condition called eczema or broken down skin, that those kids that ate peanut early and ate it at least three times a week for five years, those kids were 80% less likely to develop a food allergy. So that's turned all that old hold off on all those foods advice to the new advice, which is eat all these foods early and introduce them and keep them going. But the thing that I wanted to talk about today is also a study that was just been published by Dr. Ruchi Gupta in JAMA Network Open, really looking at the new rates of food allergy prevalence in adulthood. 50% of people with a food allergy develop it in adulthood. So you and I walking around aren't necessarily clear and free. If we don't carry a food allergy today, that we won't have one into our life. And food allergies can even develop later into your decade. So it isn't just even your 20s and 30s, but that you can develop them later. Now, the study surveyed over 40,000 individuals by um, a survey and had self-reports, meaning that they weren't testing these patients in the office. They were saying, are you allergic to foods? And believe it or not, almost one in five or 19 percent of U.S. adults, so of these 40,000, raised their hand and said, yes, I have a food allergy. And then researchers went and asked specific questions around what kind of reactions those people had. They asked about lip swelling. They asked about hives. They asked about palpitations or throat 
tightness. They asked about itchiness in the mouth, wheezing. And when they found people who had what they considered convincing symptoms of an IgE-mediated or an immune-mediated food allergy, not a sensitivity, something like lac- or not an intolerance like lactose intolerance or even a different process like something like celiac disease, which is an autoimmune condition, but an immune condition, an IgE-mediated, they found about 10% of adults were reporting, you know, symptoms that were consistent with having a bona fide food allergy. That number was pretty staggering and fairly striking in the public because, I mean, think about it. You're sitting in a restaurant. Look around. One in 10 people likely has a food allergy. So we have to think really carefully about, you know, what's going on in the environment and what's going on um, in the way potentially that we're eating as well. And I think lots more research needs to come out in the adult population. When they broke down the numbers, there were really not very many differences in race. There were not many differences in Age. There were some differences in that, you know, when they looked at food allergy, the prevalence of food allergies among women um, was 13 percent, whereas among men, it was reported at about 7 percent. So there was a difference there. When they looked across income, it didn't change. When they looked across kind of where you were born, no significant differences. And then they also really looked at physician-diagnosed other conditions, things like asthma, eczema. Uh, allergies to things like latex and things. Many people, about 20%, had a comorbid condition of asthma. About 20%, almost 19, also had a condition of eczema. So we know that there's probably the way that we interact with chemicals and food particles changes when the barrier in our airway is broken down and potentially when the barrier in our skin is broken down as well. Most common allergies in adulthood are led by seafood as the number one allergy. Second to that is milk. So the most common allergy in adults are somewhat different than in children. The most common allergy in children is peanut. But again, 75% of children who have a food allergy have an allergy to something in addition to or other than peanut. But when you look at adults, it's somewhat different. The most common allergen for adults is shellfish, followed by milk, and then followed by peanut. So there's probably something different about the foods and their interaction with the immune system and maybe even the handling of these kinds of products and um, these kinds of foods in our life. The number one takeaway from this study for me is that the environment matters, how we treat our skin, how the chemicals come into our world, how we eat and how we're raising our kids probably are determining in some ways how our immune system is responding. Um, You know, in adulthood, I don't think there are clear recommendations on prevention of food allergies, but this study really shows that about twice as many people that are, have convincing symptoms for a food allergy thought they had a food allergy and are potentially actually avoiding foods that they don't need to. So my takeaway is if you've got a food allergy or if you think you really do, if you've had hives, if you've had throat swelling, you've had itchiness, if you've had wheezing, if you've had vomiting after eating a food and you're avoiding it, it really does make sense to go in and see an allergist, get an oral food challenge. And if you are diagnosed with a food-specific IgE-mediated food allergy, you really want to have an auto-injector of epinephrine in your life and in your world. Um, We need to work much harder as a community, in my mind, to protect children and adults from exposures to unwanted food allergens. Places like airplanes and um, classrooms, sports teams are really places, I think, for us to be compassionate and think really carefully about what we bring there and how it might make the people around us feel. Um, I hope this was helpful. Um, Check out more links on Seattle Mama Doc about food allergies in childhood and adulthood. And the reality is parenting is a high stakes job. But the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing 
what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 